0: Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I was a single mom, Um, so it's very important to me that single moms are ministered to. I was walking my single mom walk alone, and um, it's very difficult, it's very scary, and you come to a point where it begins to become the normal in your life. So I want you to know I've been there. I'm a mother of four and a grandmother to one. I have, uh, my youngest son is 10 years old. I have a 14 year old son. I have a 20 year old son. I have a 23 year old daughter and a one year old grandbaby. My daughter is a single mom. So I know what you're going through. I know how good it is to get away for a little bit and breathe. Also, I take care of my grandbaby a lot. And I had forgotten what it was like to have a little bitty running around. And he is into everything and I am tired. <laughs> so I, I know that this is good and you're breathing in and you're breathing out. Have any of you said to yourself before, I've, I've never heard God speak to me. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to raise your hand. If you want to raise your hand, you raise a high. I've never heard God speak to me. Go ahead, raise your hand. Well, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong because you're here. God spoke to you. He spoke to you in a quiet way that said, I want you at this conference because I want you to hear from me. So he has spoken to you, girls, and you can't say he doesn't speak to me anymore. Okay? He speaks to you. So who has he spoken to here? We can all raise our hands, can't we? I, miss, I, I love that. Um, I want to tell you a story. Um, I was at, at my home. Now, this has been several years. This is when my youngest was about two years old. And I had gotten up in the morning, and I had gone into the bathroom, and I was going to take a shower so naturally, I'm taking off my clothes cuz I don't I don't know about y'all, but I shower with my clothes off. And so, I I was taking my clothes off and as I'm getting in the shower, I catch this glimpse of myself in the mirror. That's not the me that I used to be. Wait, those don't sit there. They're You know? And so, I'm looking at myself going, "No, what has happened to my before the baby body, right?" And I get into the shower and I was really in tears because I'm knowing that things are not going to go back where they were. They're just not. Okay, that's okay, God. So I get into the shower, and I'm, I'm tearing up. I really am. Washing <laughs> 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 oh, like, oh. And I get out of the shower, and I'm getting my clothes on, and I'm still kind of tearing up. Now, my husband came into the bed. Now, this is my second husband. Um, God has restored um, a marriage that is... He is a, an amazing man. He's given me a strong Christian husband, a man who leads our household in the Lord. I could not be more blessed. So um, he came in and he sees me crying. Honey, what's wrong? And I say, I'm going to have to have cosmetic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, What? You know, I'm going to have to see. You know, I'm going to have to have. Cos- and he he just shook his head and said, Honey, if you are having self esteem problems and you need to have cosmetic surgery, okay, we will make that appointment. But I love you just the way you are. This is where y'all go, okay, well, that wasn't good enough, okay? (laughs) So um, I just get up, and I'm like, okay. And I leave, and, I, and I'm going to do my daily Bible study. And it was a Bible study by Priscilla Shirer. And I can't remember the title of it at this time, but I remember the title of my lesson that day. I sat down, looked at my Bible, or, or looked at the title, and it was beautiful in God's timing. Do you think God was maybe speaking to me somehow that day, beautiful in God's timing? And so. What I'm getting down to right here is that this breakout is aimed at personal change. We have some business to do here today. It's about personal change. It's not about changing someone else. It's not about changing my mom and dad. It's not about changing my ex-husband. It's not about changing the father of the, the baby. It's not about changing my brothers and sisters or that friend that really has upset me. It's not about that. It's about change in myself, okay? So I'm not going to be looking around my table today trying to pick out what someone else needs to change. I'm going to be looking at my heart today, and I'm going to be making changes with you. One of our key verses in this time together is Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. That should be on your handout sheet, and I'm going to be reading this in the message translation. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is the life that our creator desires for you to live Freely and lightly. Is there anybody here that wants to live freely and lightly today? I am ready to live freely and lightly. This breakout is about change. I'm going to say it again. It's about change. It's about becoming different. And you know what this means? It's going to require that we get rid of some junk. And it's going to require that we take on some new Godly attributes that replace those things. It's about change. First Peter two two says, "Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation." This is a transformation, ladies. We're growing. We're growing up. We're here now, but one day we're going to be standing before Jesus and we're going to be fully grown. We're not there yet. We've got some changes that we need to make. Hebrews 5.14 says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Solid food is for the mature. These people have discernment, the power of discernment. But it says that the way that they got there was by constant practice. Constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Okay? There's no break in the word constant. There's no sitting down and taking a nap in the word constant. It means that we are always on the lookout for distinguishing between good and evil. So growth is a slow journey of maturation, but change is about becoming different right now. Okay? There's transformation and growth, but there's change. And change is a right now. So I'm going to ask you an important question. And it's the top question on your handout Do you want to change? I want you to answer that question. The answer may be no. You may be at a place right now where you don't feel like you have anything that needs to be changed. You don't feel like you have any character flaws. You don't feel like. God is pushing you to grow. You don't feel like you need a change. So if the answer is no, you circle it. But if the answer is yes, you circle that, okay? Are you ready to change? 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Ladies, that's what I was doing that morning in my mirror. I was looking at the outside appearance, wasn't I? But I got to my table with my Bible in my hand and my perspective changed. God was looking at my heart. And I began to look at my heart. Because inside is where we need to change. You are beautiful and loved and created for a purpose. And God wants to grow us on the inside. He wants to change us on the inside to be more like his son, Jesus. This breakout is about how to change. God reveals to each one of us personally what to change. This is about how to change. I'm not going to tell you what to change. That's between you and God. And he will specifically reveal that to you. We're going to lay down some junk. We're going to lay down some baggage that we don't have to carry anymore so that we can live freely and lightly. Recently, I spoke at this retreat in Trinity, Texas, and I have this great friend, and she travels with me sometimes. Um, She, well, she was going, I invited her to come with me, and I had to go pick her up the next morning, so the night before, I did all of my packing. And I was packing for every possible situation. Does anybody do that? Mm -hmm. Um, If it's going to rain, yeah, I'm going to need a raincoat. I pack my fan in case I get a little warm. You know, so I had this bag for the weekend that was just packed and overflowing. I had a second bag and a third bag. You know, you got to have one for the makeup and the hair products. you got to have another bag for the shoes. So I'm dragging all these bags, and and I throw them in the car, and I take off, running a little bit late, get to her house, and she's standing there waiting for me with a little set of hanging clothes in this tiny little bag. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? What is that? You know why? Because Wendy, my friend, packed only the things that she was going to need. Only the things that she knew she was going to need, right? I was packing everything. There's something that I want you to understand is that God wants us to make an exchange. He wants us to take our big, heavy bag filled with junk, and he has a bag that he wants to help you pack. And it's light, and it's easy to carry. He wants to make an exchange. Are you ready to exchange your heavy bag today for the light one that Jesus has for you? I want you to be preparing your heart. I'm going to read this again. Matthew 11:28 to 30. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. He's telling us right there I am not going to pack a bag that is too heavy for you to carry. I'm going to pack a bag that is light. And if you need help carrying that bag, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there helping you to carry it. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18 says, I'm going to repeat that. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you hear me, ladies? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Well, that's where I want to be. I want to be right in the big middle of that. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The word transformed is there again. So we're in this continuous transformation from right now, ladies, till we go to be with God in glory. God is preparing us for our heavenly home. So this is a continuous thing. You're not going to walk out of here and go, Woo, I'm perfect, made in Jesus right now. Jesus, do I look like you? Yes. Okay? You're going to have some things when you walk out of here that look a little more like Jesus. But it's a continuous process. It's kind of like packing for the trip to go out of town, right? Before you can take off, you have to get prepared for it. And you're going to need to empty out the suitcase and start fresh. And that's what we're doing today. The most unpleasant part of taking a trip for me is when I get home and I have this suitcase that I have to unpack. Anybody with me? And I take that thing and I throw it up on my bed and unzip it and look inside at all this stuff and I go, oh, not today. And I take my bag and I stick it over on the floor. (laughs) The <laughs> yes, the, you know, I'd be a lot better off that way. I wouldn't trip on it every night on the way to the bathroom, right? That's right. I'm going to have to put it under the bed. But do you see what I'm saying? We have this junk, and it builds up, and that's one of the reasons that we don't change easily because we look in our spiritual suitcase, and we see all this stuff, and we don't even know where to start unpacking it or putting it away. And we just keep tripping on it, don't we? We keep tripping on it on the way to the bathroom. Every night well, i don 't know about y'all but i 'm tired of tripping i 'm tired of tripping sometimes we decide that the only pain that 's worse than needing to change is trying and failing. Have you ever tried to change something in your life and you find yourself right back in the same old stinking place that you started out happens all the time doesn't it it 's hard, but i 'm tired of tripping on that suitcase first Peter one. 13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Therefore, preparing your minds for action. That means moving, doesn't it? That means doing something, preparing your mind for action. And that's the very first thing that you have to do when you're talking about change. You have to begin to prepare for change. We're starting right now. We're starting right now to prepare for change. We are going to get down to business right this minute. Are you ready? Are you with me? Say, I am all in. I, I am all in. All okay, let's do this thing. The first step to get rid of, getting rid of your mess and pre- preparing for change is admit I am the problem. Okay, wait a minute, Renee. I'm not the problem. I didn't leave my husband. He left me. Wait a minute. Renee I'm not the one Who caused my parents To continually criticize me about my weight I'm not the one Okay, that's what you're saying right now But it is You who carries it That's a problem Admit I am the problem, God I got some work here to do And I don't want to be the problem anymore It's not due to anybody else, ladies We're going to lay it all down What you do from this moment when you walk out this door is all you. It's all you. It's all God walking with you. That's change. So, right now, this minute, we're going to take total responsibility for who we are going to become and we're going to take our change straight to God. We're going to take our change. I have a sheet that I uh, passed out to you along with the handout, and it's got several different things on it that we're going to be looking at. But this is just kind of a kickstart to change, because a lot of times we don't know, we're like, oh gosh, I don't even know what what it really is that God's trying to tell me to change right now. But when we begin to go through this list and we're looking at it, we start to see, oh, I think God may want me to be working on this. He may want me to be working on this other thing. The second thing we admit first, the second thing we do is we turn. We turn to God because only He can change our heart, girls. Only God can change our heart. Quit relying on yourself to get that bag unpacked. Okay, quit looking at it on the bed and thinking that it's going to unpack itself and you're going to do it all. Just just stop it. You need some help. God is the one. Quit relying on yourself to deal with all this mess. And let him do what only he can do. It's his business. It's what he does. He's a God that never changes, but he's a God who continuously changes us. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We need to come desperately before him. I want to read y'all a poem. Um, I love to read to my children. And they're getting older, doggone it, and they don't want me to read to them near as much. But they still love to hear Shel Silverstein poems. Do y'all know Shel Silverstein? Oh, I love him. So, this book is A Light in the Attic. I want to share this little poem with you. It's called God's Wheel. God says to me with kind of a smile, Hey, how would you like to be God a while and steer the world? Okay, says I, I'll give it a try. Where do I set? How much do I get? What time is lunch? When can I quit? Give me back that wheel, says God. I don't think you're quite ready yet. I don't think you're quite ready yet. How many of us are at this wheel and we're trying to steer and we're out of steering fluid and that wheel is just not going anywhere because we're trying to steer it? Well, I'll tell you this. God doesn't need transmission fluid. He doesn't need that steering fluid to get that wheel turning. He's strong enough. He's strong enough. And that's a great reminder to us. Change is something that we can't do on our own. So say this with me. I'm going to give God the wheel. I'm going to give God God the wheel. wheel. Let's do it. Let's just give it to him. Now, there are some very specific things that go along with change. And when you start to lighten your load, you have to get down to those specifics. And that's why I gave you that sheet that you can look at because it has some very specific things on you on it. But what I want you to understand is that God wants us to pack uh, or to unpack any ideas, characteristics, behaviors that are not becoming to us as Christians, okay? That's what God wants us to unpack out of our bag. Anything, any ideas, any characteristics or behaviors that are not becoming to us as followers of Christ. And one awesome thing about God is he loves order. He is not a God of chaos. He loves order. And you can be sure that he is going to be very specific with each one of you on what he wants you to unpack and what he wants you to pack. He does not deal in condemning generalities, ladies. That is Satan. Pam was saying it last night. When you hear that little subtle voice that says Renee, you're such a bat. You can't change. You can never do this whole change thing. You're a loser. That's not God, girls. That's condemning generalities, isn't it? And that comes straight from Satan. So if that's what you're hearing, you are not hearing from the Lord. But God comes to us with loving specifics. He says, Renee, gosh, I think that uh, you're becoming a little vain I need you to change that thing and remember that you're going to become beautiful in my timing. God is very specific. He says you need to quit being controlling and be a little bit more generous. He says you need to quit focusing on what you don't have and start focusing on me. He's very specific and he tells you how he wants you to do things. He doesn't wake up wondering, ladies, what's in your bag already. Okay? doesn't he doesn't have to dig through it and shuffle through it he knows okay god knows what's in your bag right now that stinky mess that's in your bag he already knows about it okay so you can let it go and you can take a deep breath and go i don't have to hide that anymore because god already knows about it ah thank you thank you thank you god wants to give us victory and he's not really concerned about your moods or your circumstances okay He's not really concerned about your mood or your circumstance. He wants to bring you victory right where you're at, right where you're at. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't care to help you out of a circumstance. I'm saying that doesn't affect that God already knows what you need to pack, that God already has it pulled together. Read with me in Matthew 19 16 through 22 if you have your bibles if you don't i'm just going to read this aloud just then a man came up to jesus and asked teacher what good thing must i do to get eternal life why do you ask me about what is good jesus replied there's only one good who is good If you want to enter life keep the commandments which ones he inquired jesus replied you shall not murder "'You shall not commit adultery. "'You shall not steal. "'You shall not give false testimony. "'Honor your father and mother "'and love your neighbor as yourself.' "'All these I have kept,' the young man said. "'What do I still lack?' "'Jesus answered, "'If you want to be perfect, "'go sell your possessions and give to the poor, "'and you will have treasure in heaven. "'Then come, follow me.' "'When the young man heard this, "'he went away sad.' Because he had great wealth. Ladies, don't be like this rich young ruler. See, Jesus gave God, I mean, Jesus gave this young ruler some very specific things that he could do, didn't he? And this young man decided to walk away and he walked away sad. Don't be like the rich young ruler. He went on to say to his disciples that it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And this really freaked the disciples out a bit. Well, who can, who, who can get in there then? Who can be saved? And Jesus answered, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I hear some of you say, with God all things are possible. I want you to keep... Saying that to yourself with God, change is possible with God. All things are possible. I want to tell you how God got specific with me another day. And there's something that I want you to understand. Every one of these people that you're going to see speaking up before you today, they may be dressed to the nines. They may be, uh, you may think they have it all together. You may girls, let me just tell you something every One of them is a real person. Every one of them has a story. I have a story. I have some stinking stories. And I'm going to tell you that in our walk, we make mistakes. And I have been teaching and leading um, Bible studies for years. I've been in ministry for years with Proven Way, doing leadership conferences and all different kinds of things. But, girls, God is not done with me. He is not done with me. And he showed up really big. I'm going to tell you this story, and I'm being... I'm going to make this confession because it stinks. Okay, are you ready? So I I had my two oldest children, and they needed to have the address changed on their driver's license for insurance purposes to their dad. Now, my first two children come from my first marriage, okay? So they had to have the address changed on the license to their father's address in order to have insurance coverage. Now, the first thing I'm thinking is, I don't want his address on their driver's license. Okay? I'm thinking it. I'm thinking it. I don't say that to them, but that's what I'm thinking. And so I'm also finding it a real pain that now I have to take them to the DMV to get this done and sit in the DMV. I mean, y'all know how long those lines are and get this done because he says I have to, right? I'm not liking that. And so I give my older two children. My daughter takes her own car and my son rides with me. And we get there, and i, I we're in a hurry because I just want in and out of there, right? So I park the car, and I get in there. And surprisingly enough, we were in and out probably 20 minutes. I mean, it was like, wow. I mean, how does that ever happen? And so we come up, and we're going to the car, and I see this unreal, surreal kind of thing. It's getting hooked up to a tow truck, okay? My car is getting hooked up to a tow truck, and I'm like, what? And then I see the sign. It's, it's got a little branch across it, but it says no parking very clearly. I can see it now that I've looked. And so I get up there and I tell the gentleman, I am so sorry. I'm here. Please don't hook my car up because it wasn't complete yet. Please don't hook my car up. And, and they are trained not to, to even look at you. They're not to look at you, speak to you, blink at you, acknowledge you, Nothing. And so that's what I'm getting. And suddenly, I just had this rage in me and this anger. I was not being paid attention to. I was not being heard. And I was up there. I didn't even want to be there. And then I park in this place that I didn't even know was a no parking. And here I am. And he's not listening to me. And he takes my car and he drives off. So I've got my purse on my shoulder. My kids are standing over here watching this whole scene. I take off chasing the truck like I'm going to catch (laughs) it. Woo! I mean, I was chasing the truck. I passed by this bus stop. There are people standing there. They're like, go, girl! (laughs) And I'm running, and I'm running. Well, needless to say, I didn't catch the tow truck, and I come back, and I'm red in the face, and I'm crying, and I'm mad, and I have to go back by the bus stop. And I get back over to my kids, and they are witnessing this whole thing. Now I call the towing company... I talked to the lady on there, and said, lady, could you please tell your guy to turn around his truck and bring me my car back? You know, I'm, I'm standing here, I'm watching this happen, and, and he really needs to bring me my car back. And she says, ma'am, if you want your car, you can be here to pick it up by six o'clock tonight with $99. Mm-hmm. Now, during this time, um, we were going through some financial difficulties. So now not only have I gotten my t- car towed, and how am I going to get to my car to pick it up when I don't have a car, Right. And now I've got to pay $99 that we do not have, and I'm going to have to tell my husband what I've done, this this mistake that I've made. So my daughter, she's calming me down. Mom, mom, it's going to be okay. I've got my car, remember? I can drive you over, and we'll get your car. And I was shaking, and I was, you know, and so, okay, okay. And we started to drive, and we got there. And when we got there, we walked into this kind of a, I don't know. If, have you ever gotten your car towed? It's, it, there's a, a cage, actually, that you have to walk into, and then there's this bulletproof piece of glass and this little, tiny, little slot that, that you know, and, that, and, and so you're talking to them like this through this tiny little slot, and I'm like, hi, and I'm blinking my little blue eyelashes, thinking, I'm going to talk them right out of this ninety nine dollars And so, <laughs> blink, blink, <laughs> blink, 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 blink. <laughs> and um, she says, no, ma'am, you know, you're going to have to pay to get your car out. Well, I only had 45 bucks in my wallet, and they don't take credit cards, and they don't take checks, and I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I was so angry. I had then to go to an ATM, come back, and I've got that money, and, I, and she says, ma'am, you need to sign this paper right here that shows, you know, that you have paid us and that you do recognize that why your car was towed and everything. And I was like, i do not want to sign that paper. She slid it out to me, and I wrote my name on it and shoved that paper back in there. And so I've got this going on. And you know what she said to me? Right at that moment, she goes, stop that right now. Okay, that was it. (laughs) That was it. I took my hand and I went, BAM! And I get the bulletproof glass and I go, Lady, you know why there's bulletproof glass right here? Because if I could get to you, I would rip your hair out. (laughs) So here I am. Here I am. A retreat speaker. (laughs) A godly leader. Influencing my children with my very good behavior right there. Right there in front of God and everybody. I lost it. What I'm trying to tell you is, ladies, we are not perfect. But God showed me some things that day. He said, Renee, sugar, you have a sense of entitlement. You think that everybody is supposed to hear everything you say and do that thing. When you, do it. when you say do it. That's right. You have a sense of entitlement. You have a love for money. It's $99. Well, it may be $99 you don't have, but I'll provide the $99 for you, Renee. What I want you to do is get rid of your love for money. And, sister, you have an anger issue. <laughs> You didn't even know you had an anger issue because you don't get mad very often, but you have a deep-rooted anger issue, and we got to get rid of that. Do you see how specific God got with me that day? He got specific. I went home. And I was crying, I was in tears. I was so upset with myself. I had embarrassed myself in front of those women. I had embarrassed myself in front of my children. I had been a poor witness as a Christian. I mean, you just couldn't feel much lower than I felt that day. And next morning I got up and I, I got the number to that towing company and I called it. And that lady answered, or a lady answered. I said, Um, yes, ma'am. Um, this is the crazy lady from yesterday. (laughs) And she was like, oh, yes, I remember you. (laughs) And I said, I just have to tell you that I'm a Christian woman, and I'm embarrassed of my behavior yesterday, and I was not a good witness for Christ, and I have to ask you to forgive me. And she said, well, I certainly forgive you, and I have to ask you to forgive me because I feel like we provoked you. Mm -hmm. And that began this sweet conversation between the two of us. What I want you to notice right there is ladies, I was repentant. That's the first step in change is repentance. We see that thing that God is showing us and we start to feel as bad about it as God feels when we do it. And that's how we know that we're repentant. When we feel as bad about it, as God feels about it when we do it. Ladies, there is so, so much to this thing called change, but repentance is the first key. And I want you to understand that the next thing is choosing to say, I'm not going to carry this junk anymore. This is a choice that we make. I am not going to carry this junk anymore. It's up to you. God loves new things, and He wants to make us new and he talks about new things all the way through the Bible. I want to tell you about some of the new things he gives you. God gives us a new heart, Ezekiel 36, 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. God gives us a new spirit, Ezekiel 18:31. God gives us a new song in our hearts, Psalm 43. He has given us a new name, Revelation 2:17. He has given us a new self. We are new when we believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior and accept him into our life and accept that change. We are new. That's Ephesians 4.24. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And in Revelation 21.5, he says, Behold, I am making all things new. God is in the business of change. He is in the business of change. And this life is about becoming new and different and changed. And if you're not changing, if you're not being transformed by God on a day-to-day basis, if something isn't happening, if you're not seeing those things you need to change, you might want to ask yourself, what's up with my faith? What's up with my faith? Because the people who are being transformed are the people who are in God's Word walking with Christ. Christ. They're not just reading it. They're walking it out. They're walking it out. We are children of the one true king, and I want to ask you, are you ready to live like one, a daughter of the king? Are you ready to live like a daughter of the king? The last thing I want to tell you, ladies, is that the power to change, remember, it does not come from you. The power to change comes from God alone. We can read all the self-help books we want to read. We can make all of the New Year's resolutions we want to make, can't we? But the power to change comes from God and being connected to Him, being connected to Jesus and His Word and allowing Him to make those changes in, front of, in us and in front of us. Ladies, I think you know we're going to be wrapping things up here, and there's so much more that I want to share with you. But right now, maybe you're feeling the weight of your own character flaws. Maybe you're sitting here thinking about some of the things that, yeah, God wants to change that in me. Maybe there's a habitual sin in your life that you've tried to get rid of and you just can't overcome it and just keep showing back up and showing back up. Maybe you're struggling in this thing called single parenting and you feel trapped and enslaved. Sometimes you feel enslaved to your job. Maybe you're harboring some unforgiveness and wounding the people that you love because of that unforgiveness. And maybe things aren't turning out quite like that storybook picture that you had when you started out on your journey. Maybe you're discovering, like me, that you were prideful and arrogant. Well, it doesn't matter what your current circumstances are. I want you to understand that God wants to meet you right where you're at, sitting at the table that you're at today right now. And if you meet him right now, you can walk out of this room with a lighter bag. You may still be dragging some stuff that he hasn't pointed out to you yet, but you're going to walk out with a lighter bag. And the farther you go, the more he's going to be teaching you, the more specific he's going to get with you, the more he's going to show you how to change. So what I want you to do, and, and this is similar to what Pam had us do last night, but I'm thinking that as God's been working through you last night and today, he's probably pointed out some more specifics, am I right? That he wants you to get rid of. There's a slip of paper here on the table. I want you to take that slip of paper and just kind of glance over that list of specifics that I gave you. And I want you to jot down some things that you want to put on the cross. And right over here, I have a cross. Now, this cross is made of styrofoam. It looks like it could probably fall over on you, but it's not. Um, What I want you to do, there's some pins here. I want you to take your paper, and I want you to fold it. I want you to pin it to that cross because today you're giving it away. You're giving it away to God. You are not walking out of here with that stinking thing that's in your bag anymore. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it with me. You don't have to put your name on it. I'm not going to know who wrote these down, but I'm going to take these and I'm going to pray for you. Do you hear me? You've got somebody out there that's praying for you specifically. I'm going to pray over these things, and God is going to do some changing. Are you all all in? You're all in. Praise God. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.